Well, it's great to welcome Christine Greenhow back to MSU today. We are doing our social distancing and talking on the telephone this time. Chris is an associate professor in educational psychology and educational technology in MSU's world-renowned College of Education. Uh, Her research focuses in general on teaching and learning in social media and online settings, which is one of the things that is very much on people's Mind these minds these days. So, Chris, welcome back to the program. Oh, great! Thanks for having me. Can you describe a little bit more your research? What do you look at? Much of my research has focused on the kinds of learning that students are doing in social media and online spaces, like the kinds of communication practices they're doing in social media, like Twitter and Facebook the kinds of community building and interactions they're having with other students and with their teachers in these online spaces. And I've also both taught online and in person, so I've looked at how different online technologies like video conferencing and robot technologies can be integrated into students' online learning for better, for more effectiveness. So, for instance, when we use video conferencing, um, sometimes that can be really difficult to know where to look. And when we use robot technologies, we can actually have a remote student embodied in a robot that can move around the class and turn its head screen. So I look at the ways we can marry the technologies that are available to us, social media, online platforms, and robots, with the kinds of learning and teaching needs that we have today. And Chris, before I ask you more about that, how has this adjustment to online learning only impacted you personally and and some of your colleagues that you've dealt with? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I'm really fortunate because I'm in a college of education that is number fourth in the nation for our online programs. And so I think we're lucky in that we're ahead of the curve I was just uh, thanking um, thanking my students because even though I right now I teach an in-person class, we actually practiced going online through Zoom video conferencing several weeks before the move to completely online courses because I wanted my face-to-face students to know what it was like for the students in our online and hybrid programs to come to class through video conferencing. And so I was lucky because this in-person class was then told, okay, now we all have to get online. And my students were thinking, okay, I got this. I've already practiced. I know what it's like to use video conferencing. I know what it's like to be an online learner. So I feel very fortunate (laughs) right now um, that we have the resources we do and that we are a leader in this area. And Chris, what about some of the challenges and also the opportunities for faculty transitioning their programming online only. I'm sure there's degrees of expertise among this giant faculty in that. And and really, even students on the other end, what are their challenges? Yeah, I think there are, well, of course, there are a number of challenges in just making sure that your students have access to high-speed internet and devices like laptops and iPads that are going to work for online education. So, One challenge is just figuring out who has what and then getting resources to the people who need it. But a second layer of challenges is if teachers and students have no experience with online learning, 
you can't just take your in-person class and put it in an online setting. You have to rethink your goals for teaching, you know, what is it you hope your students will learn, and that what are some of the, we call them affordances, but, but benefits of the online platforms you're considering, like learning management systems, Blackboard and others, or video conferencing like Zoom, or social media. So we have a, a, quite a bit of research on these educational technologies. So going to that research or learning through professional development, what are some of these, uh, the benefits of these platforms, and then how can I rethink my teaching goals to take advantage of these, of these affordances and benefits? So it's not just I can put my textbook online and, infect, and expect students are going to have the same level of engagement and learning as they did in my face-to-face -face class, where all of that student-to-student -student interaction, student-instructor interaction were baked in. Now you have to be more thoughtful about how are you going to get students to interact in small groups with, with you, the instructor? What kinds of things do you have to rethink to make the engaging as learning as you know as engaging and effective as it can be? And Chris, how effective can it be? And is it different effectiveness for K through twelve as maybe college? Yeah, that's a great question, Russ. So, well, you know, one of the things I think people often aren't aware is that we have. Uh, literature reviews, which is a review of many studies of online learning compared to face-to-face -face learning. And what we know from uh, literature reviews from 2019 and others even earlier is that online learning can be as effective as face-to-face -face learning if done right. So <laughs> it's not an absolute that online learning is a um, less effective form of learning. It can be as if not more effective. So one meta-analysis I was reading found that actually online learning is, is modestly, students performed even better in online learning than in face-to-face -face instruction. But you have to be smart about it. So how to, how to engineer effective online learning? I think uh, there's a few things teachers, students can do. One is to be thoughtful about setting up interaction between students with each other and students with you, the instructor, the instructor. Because I think one of the challenges of online learning is when students feel disconnected from their classmates, from their teacher. And when students feel disconnected, they disengage, and they're at a higher risk of dropping out. So we also know that from the online learning literature, that when Online instruction is all what we call asynchronous, which means it's all done by yourself at your own pace with little interaction. There's a much greater risk of you feeling isolated and disengaged and confused and dropping out. So we want to avoid that. To do that, we have to think about, okay, what are some of the things I can set up to get students interacting with me and with each other? Things like social media. We can integrate social media channels with our learning management systems so that we give students an informal, fun space to share out what they're interested in, what they're reading about related to the course. Um, and that can be a way to infuse back into the online learning environment some of the social elements we've stripped out of it when people aren't meeting in the same classroom. So that's just one thing we can do, um, but there are others. But basically, my main 
point is you have to be thoughtful about how are you going to create a social, community-oriented, interactive environment for students online as you would do in a classroom setting. Christine Greenhow is my guest on MSU Today. She studies teaching and learning in social media and online settings at MSU's renowned College of Education. And Chris, is there some ways that online would be better than in-person? Or I guess the, the question is they both both in-person and online probably have their pros and cons. That's right. They, they do have their pros and cons. So I think, you, you know, we want, so yes, online learning can be uh, better for some things than in-person learning. Like in an online setting, you can give learners choice. You can create, like in on learning management systems, you can create module, uh, learning, you know, modules, things, content that students can go through at their own pace. So people who need more time can rewatch videos, can reread things, can do things at a pace that makes sense for their learning. Versus in an in-person classroom, things can happen very fast-paced. If you don't raise your hand and ask a question, the moment's gone, and now you're confused and maybe uh, didn't get the information you needed. So that is an advantage we can exploit in an online space, this notion of uh, giving learners choice and autonomy and self-pacing. The other thing we can do in an online environment is we can build in more student-to-teacher interaction so that teachers can know more about their students as individuals. Again, you come into a classroom, you might have 30 students. It's very hard to know each student what they're interested in, um, what they do outside of school for fun, ways you can build on that and build that rapport between teacher and student and between students and each other. But in online settings, people can have an online profile with their picture, with links to a website or their YouTube channel or things that they're interested in. They can have an online bio to talk about, you know, what, what this person is all about. And so we have these other ways of getting to know our students as individuals in an online setting that we don't, you know, students don't have signs over, the, <laughs> over their heads <laughs> in person telling us more about them. But we ha- can get a lot of information from students in an online space. So we have to create, uh, I I would also say, create an opportunity for students to have fun in the online Mm -hmm. space and um, give them a chance to showcase some of the aspects of their identity that you wouldn't know about, like, you know, pictures and different ways that they can communicate and not just text, because we emphasize uh, communicating and reading, you know, writing and speaking in classrooms, but online, Students have a much varied toolkit at their disposal. They can, you know, use video and images and all kinds of things to express their ideas. So let them do it in yeah. an online setting. So those are just some things we can do uh, to enhance the online experience for students. So Chris is, is just a hybrid approach, probably best then, like taking taking the best of the technology, but also of the human interaction. I think that's exactly it, Russ. I think that the best approach thinks about what is it about this, what is the magic uh, elements of the classroom that we could bring to the online setting, like having students at the same, in the same online space at the same time. So that would be one, one way to hybridize online learning and in-person learning, that we don't just do everything on your own time 24-7, that we have times scheduled times where we all come together, and maybe that's through video conferencing, 
Maybe that's through an online chat. But that was, that's what we would call a hybrid approach, where you're taking some of the asynchronous, 24-7, at your own time, elements of online learning and combining them with aspects of face-to-face -face learning, like being at the same, it's not place, but space at the same time. Yeah. And Chris, I know this isn't your area of specialty, you know, homeschooling, but I wondered if you might offer some tips, too, just on what tips you might have for parents and students in this sort of new era that, again, might last a while. Yeah, I keep coming back to keep calm, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, that there's a lot to be said for that saying, because I do think we're all trying to you know, do the best that we can. And so I think that if students are stressed out or confused or uh, really struggling just to say, you know, communication, communication, communication. And the same thing with teachers. You know, teachers, um, reach out to your students. You know, ask them how they're doing. Be available as much as you can because it is, there is going to be a steep learning curve, especially in K-12 education, that really most schools haven't prepared for this. So we're trying to turn online on a dime, and it's challenging. So I would say maybe both teachers cutting students some slack and students, vice versa, cutting teachers some slack. You know, it might take a little bit longer to get things answered, um, but communication, communication, communication. Mm -hmm. And I know that's what I'm doing with my students. You know, yeah. so I had a, quite a course plan that was packed with content and assignments. And after this all happened, you know, as the world keeps changing, I've had to rethink things and say, okay, what can we reasonably expect from each other given our current situation? And, and, and then I also had to think about, okay, I've got all of these assignments here, but what are the re most critical assignments and what can perhaps I uh, reduce or eliminate just to give people some space to catch their breath and catch up. Yeah. And, uh, Chris, one uh, last thing I wanted to ask you about, just your thoughts on where you all see this all going and, and sort of what you'll be watching in the coming weeks and months to see about this impact and effectiveness we've been talking about. Well, you know, I see this moment as a moment for educational epiphanies in the sense that if people are given the space to really think about the technologies at their disposal that they don't usually use. So like I said, social media, online learning platforms, the many different ways we can communicate our thoughts these days, not just in writing and speaking, but with multimedia. And we as educators say, okay, really the way we've been teaching in our classrooms, only using face-to-face -face as the mode for our instruction is a pretty impoverished mode of instruction in the current day and age. So now that we've had a taste of what online technologies offer us and their capabilities, what are some of the things that we weren't doing very well in face-to-face -face classrooms that we might do better using the technologies we've now had to use. And I think, actually, that a hybridization of instruction might be where we're headed, where we're taking the best of online learning and we're taking the best of in-person learning and we're expanding opportunities for education for all students and teachers. 
Because there are a lot of students, I think, that you know can't come to school or for various reasons have to participate online. But if we could come up with a more effective hybrid model, we might actually meet all students better where they're at. Chris, yeah. thanks so much for sharing your expertise with us. Well, thanks so much, Russ, for having me. I really I love talking to you, so thanks. That's Christine Greenhow, Associate Professor at MSU's renowned College of Education and interact with uh, Chris online at cgreenhow.org, and she's on Twitter at Chris Greenhow.